and um, and uh, so I was just kind of holding off on it. wasn't sure when to speak it or um, or if I was to speak it. Um, but uh, so he told me to share it tonight. Um, but it goes back to um, uh, two Sundays ago, two Sundays ago, maybe three Sundays ago. I can't remember. Two Sundays ago, my wife would know. Two Sundays ago. Um, but anyway, been praying about some things, praying specifically about um, this region and um, the, the territory I believe that God has given us um, to minister in and to operate in. And um, God, okay, so what is it? And so it just kind of felt in my spirit that we ultimately, uh, what's going to happen, it's going to be a work of the spirit, right? It's, it, it's not going to be by us just working harder or working even smarter, not going to be more effort, more energy. Um, but God's got to just do some things. Um, stuff's got to happen in the spirit. And so I uh, was praying specifically, God, what is the spirit that needs to be broken in this area? What is the, the ruling spirit that, has, that we've got to break? What is it? And so I was praying that. God, tell it. Reveal it. Um, I've been saying things like, Expose it. Expose the demonic. Expose the wickedness. I've been saying that. Um, maybe some people have heard me talk about those things. I've literally been praying for, for those things to be exposed, for them to come to the surface and no longer be hidden. So things that were, were um, uh, done because of the enemy, um, but in secret, I, I've been praying for it to become very evident that this is what this is. This is a demonic spirit, whatever. So I've been praying for those things. So that's kind of the genesis of it. And so brings me to, um, and I'm sharing this because, <laughs> only because I feel like he wants me to share it. Um, uh, anyway, so Sunday, brings me to Sunday morning. Um, and um, it was about 1.30 in the morning, and uh, God woke me up. And told me it's time to pray. So I was like, okay. So um, I, I came here and was just praying here at the church. And um, and about f- and I and I just give these times just for reference. Um, it was about three thirty in the morning. About three thirty in the morning, I was praying, and all of a sudden, um, and I don't say this lightly, God spoke to me and told me what it was that we needed to pray against, <clears throat> and what, it, I, what it was that I needed to pray against, what the spirit was that was ruling. And this is what he told me. It's the spirit of poverty. It's the spirit of poverty. So if you're writing things down, write that down, spirit of poverty. Um, and immediately, as, as I said that, you probably thought of some things in your mind. Don't look at this through carnal eyes. <clears throat> it's... Did he survive the fall? Ooh, it's the silent cry. Okay, that was nice. Oh, Jesus. All right. We love our little children. Oh. Um, but uh, so it was a spirit of poverty. So immediately I started asking the Lord, am I okay? Are you sure? Not are you? I was, Kind of, I guess that's my questioning was kind of, are you sure? But like, really? Like, that seems kind of limited and, you know, small. Um, but he started giving me some understanding about this. 
that, um, and then he, he had me look this up, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this um, definition, and then we're going to go to Revelation. And so immediately uh, he told me to look up some things, and it was a poverty mentality um, because he says this is this spirit, it's, it's ruling in the region, but and because of that, it affects the church. It affects the people of God. And so this is not, so of course, you know, we think poverty, we think, okay, low income, not a lot of money. Um, but poverty is a lot more than that. It's, it's a lot more than that. And so um, I looked at this definition, poverty mentality. He told me to look this up. And this is what it says. It says, <clears throat> it is a mentality that influences behaviors that are consistent with beliefs that money shouldn't be spent, that should not be spent. Um, believes that opportunities are limited. Believes that any risk at all is dangerous. Believes that any success is temporary and cannot be reproduced. And that generally remaining in the back of the pack is the safest place. It's a poverty mentality. And so this is what he put to me is that this is the spirit that is affecting and that all of us are impacted by, by just being in this area. So that is not to say that you're, you're messed up, you're less of a Christian. It is an understanding that this is what is fighting against us, um, the church, and ultimately those in this area that we have been called to reach. And so that has to be broken for us to fully have the dominion that God has ordained for us to have. That spirit has to be broken, has to be broken. Um, so, uh, so let's go to Revelation chapter number 2. Revelation chapter number two, verse number eight and nine. It says this, and unto the angel of the, the church in Smyrna write these things, saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them, which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Uh, and then skip over to Revelation chapter three, verse number 14. And unto the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the amen, the faithful true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. You're neither hot nor cold. I were that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, neither cold or hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor. That's actually the same word translated in poverty in, verse, in chapter 2. And blind and naked. So in chapter 2, um, when talking to the church in Smyrna, Jesus is saying, I know your tribulation and I know your poverty, but actually you're rich. And then he speaks to the church in Laodicea and he says, you think you're rich, but you're actually in poverty. So poverty is not talking about money. It's not talking about how much money you have. There is a spirit, and this is what we see here in Revelation. Jesus is referencing a spirit. 
right? He's not talking about money. Because in one place, the church thought we got a lot of money, so we're good. And Jesus is like, nope, you're in poverty. You're in poverty. And in this other place, the church didn't have a lot of money. And he was like, you're actually rich. So there is a mentality that comes with this. There is, there's an understanding in the spirit that we must have. And so with the, with the poverty mentality, and, and these are the things that he started just laying on my heart. Uh, I immediately just started praying for it. Uh, a poverty mentality comes so you have, it's having a lack, but, but here's, here's where it comes in. It's not just having a lack. It's that even in your mind, you accept it. You receive it. It becomes your identity. Your, the decisions you make are based off of your poverty. So someone who's poor or not, not a lot of money or whatever, and so you know they classify poverty um, as a certain level of living. But then they talk about impoverished neighborhoods and poverty, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and what people make decisions based off of the poverty level they're in. Um, how, it talks about how it affects everything. It affects the schools. It affects how, how much people graduate. It affects crime level. It affects drugs. All these things happen in a higher much higher level in a when places are have a higher poverty right so so poverty brings with it not just low money it brings with it actions it brings with it a mentality of negativity and so so like i say we're going to have to think in the spirit and so within this region there is a spirit that wants, and I'm talking about the people of God because that's who we're dealing with first, that wants us to think out of lack, to make decisions based on lack. So, but we don't have enough to do. Or, uh, so for example, one of the things that talks about the poverty mentality is that money should not be spent because we ain't got a lot, right? So basically, we don't give because we don't have. That's a poverty mentality. And when that comes into the church, it's a mentality that says, well, I don't have anything to give. I'm just trying to receive. Poverty mentality is one that wants to only receive. I'm, I'm just, I'm looking for more. I need more. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. As opposed to give, give, give. And so when that is in the church, we, we have we can have a church full of people that are always looking to receive from God, which is good. We need to receive from God. But at some point, he's got to be enough. And you've got to realize, wait a second, I don't have a lack if I have him. I have enough now I can actually give. I can actually serve. I can actually help. And so that spirit attaches itself to people. Um, that they become needy in the spirit. I, I always need to be ministered to. I always need somebody to encourage me. I always need a word for myself. I always need a breakthrough for me. And, and it's needy, and it's needy. It's a poverty mentality. 
At what point do you transfer from being part of the harvest to part of the laborers? A poverty mentality creeping into the church that, well, I'm, I'm really, I'm just struggling myself to get by. I really don't have more than enough. I just have, I made it just enough today and, and I'm struggling today and I may walk away from God tomorrow. Who knows? It's a poverty mentality. Poverty mentality. And so, uh, like I say, these are, this is not, and this is what the Lord spoke to me, this is not an attack against people to say people are so messed up or we're no good or we're, we're no good. This is an understanding of the spirit that attaches, that is attacking in this area. Every place has their stuff. This is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. And so it's a, it's a poverty spirit that just wants to take and not give. This can be evident even in our giving. This can be evident even in our giving where we can, instead of uh, giving in faith or giving sacrificially, when we get something, there's a fear. And so we want to hold on to it because I finally got something and I don't want to let it go. That's a poverty mentality because it also says any success is not going to be reproduced. So if something good happens, I'm scared it's not going to continue. This can creep in where God can show, I'll take care of you. You can trust me. But then it comes up again and it's like, well, he did it once, but I, this time it may not happen. It's a poverty mentality of not trusting in God. God has proven to us. I can speak for myself. He's proven to me. He's trustworthy. I can trust him. I don't, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to walk in fear of losing what I give to him, losing what I pour into the kingdom. Well, I got to have enough for this. That's a poverty mentality. I trust that God is able to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And if he tells me to give it, I give it because I trust him. He's able to do it. He, he you know. I'll just throw out a number. God gave you $1,000, and he says, give the $1,000. And you're like, what? I need the $1,000. Well, he's the one who gave you the $1,000 in the first place. He can do it again. But a poverty mentality says, well, he gave it to me. I got to hold on to it. I can't let it go. But poverty mentality says it won't happen again. But God is a faithful God. He'll do it again. If he's done it for others, he'll do it for us. He's no respecter of persons. And so we've got to see and trust God. For who he is. Now, so I'm, I'm speaking all this, and I'm, please, I'm, like I say, I'm not pointing fingers at us, but I'm, uh, some of this may apply, some of it may not apply to your personal or whatever, but we're going to get some understanding tonight. And so um, another thing, another uh, part of this is that any risk at all is dangerous. Any risk at all is dangerous. You know what that speaks to? Fear. Walking by fear as opposed to faith. So instead of decisions being made on what God could do, we make decisions based off what could go wrong. Like do, somebody could do this or somebody could mess up or something bad could happen or what if it doesn't work out the right way? That's a poverty mentality that we cannot have in the church. 
Well, what if it, what if nobody responds? What if, what if that's not right? Or what if I say the wrong, what if fear, poverty mentality, but faith says I'm trusting in God. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to trust God. We're going to walk by faith. And if I fall, I trust him that he'll pick me up. And, and he, he's, he's a big enough, he's a big enough God to handle my mistakes. He's a big enough God to handle my failures. Uh, trusting in him, walking by faith and not in fear. And so the spirit of poverty wants us to be paralyzed with fear. So we don't step out in faith. We, we don't uh, try stuff that God has put on our heart to do. And so we can see how in the church this becomes very dangerous and how absolutely the devil would want the people under this type of spirit, the people of God under this type of spirit. Um, another thing this produces, and I'm just going off this one definition right now, remaining in the back of the pack is the safest. Um, remaining in the back of the pack is the safest. And so, um, right, in our world, truly, really, that is. That's, that is the case. Staying in the back, it's the safest, right? If you're on the front lines, <laughs> you're going to face the front lines of the enemy. Um, stick your neck out there, right? You're, there's a chance it could get chopped off. And so that mentality in the church says, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to step out there and, 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 and go forward. I, unless somebody else is doing it, well, then I'll, okay, I'll, I can, I'll see it. I'll follow, I'll follow what somebody else is doing. But um, God has called us to take territory and to do things in this region that have not been done before. So if we stay in the back of the pack, nothing will happen. <laughs> if we stay where only we've been, we'll never go to where he wants us to be. Somebody's going to have to step to the front and say, God said, move forward. God said to step out. Somebody's going to have to take the risk of saying, I'm trusting in God. Well, you could be attacked by the devil. You're right. And God could show up. <laughs> you might get yourself into a major spiritual battle. Yeah, you're right. And the angels of God may show up on my behalf. Yeah, it's safer. You'll... You're, you could probably hide out and, and not try and go places in the spirit that maybe you've never been before and don't really maybe have to worry about too much demonic things and things showing up that you've never seen before or whatever. Yeah, okay, you could. That's, that's, the, mon that's the mentality of poverty. Um, or we could just believe the word of God that says greater is he that's in me. Than he that's in the world. And, um, and God can save by few or by many. Um, 
And so it, uh, we are not called to remain at the back of the pack. We're not. We're not called to play it safe. You read those scriptures. You read those scriptures. That was not what God had for folks. <laughs> he would have them doing things they didn't understand. They had never seen before. Right? So um, I'll give you one example. The centurion, I've been studying the centurion for a little bit, and uh, he's just an amazing guy. Um, but it, it, it talks about how um, the centurion, he, he obviously he was this Roman soldier and just should have been completely excluded from anything that Jesus was doing. Right. Jesus has come. Jesus has come to save the lost house the lost sheep of the house of Israel, right? He, he's like, I wasn't sent to, to them. So you, not only do you have a Gentile who is a centurion, the Roman, he's a Gentile, but he's a part of the Gentiles that are oppressing the people of God. And not only that, he's actually the actual army. He's in the army of that. But something in, the, in this centurion's heart, read, read the different descriptions of him because it says, it wasn't just like he said, hey, I believe in this Jesus. It says the elders came to Jesus and they said, hey, he built us a synagogue. So this, this guy had faith in God already. He, before Jesus even comes on the scene, it, they said he built us a synagogue. This Roman soldier, right? I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I imagine that probably wasn't too popular amongst the Romans of using... Roman money and Roman labor to build synagogues for the people you're supposed to be oppressing and have authority over. Um, but seemingly this guy had a mentality. He wasn't scared of what people thought. He was willing to do and walk in what he believed. And so he believed the God of the Israelites was God. He just he believed that and he showed it with his actions. So he was already a man of faith. He was already a man that was willing to step out in what he believed. So when he hears that Jesus is here, and then it talks about his, he had a servant. So the centurion came to Jesus, not even for his child. You saw other people, they came for their children, right? The daughter was sick for 12 years. One came and, you know, uh, the Syrophoenician woman, it was her daughter. The centurion came to Jesus for his servant, his slave, do you see there's something in this guy's heart <laughs> that was different? And, and so he, he comes to Jesus for his, his servant that he loved. He loved his servant. And, and then he says, I'm not even worthy to talk to you. And I, you're not, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He was humble. And then he says, just speak the word. And Jesus is astounded by his faith. He marveled at his faith. It got Jesus excited. This guy who should have had no part of anything Jesus was doing, and yet here we are talking about him as the one person who made Jesus marvel. Jesus was like, I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel than this guy. Um, these are the things that please God. Though 
That type of life pleases God. So I think about that. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or what environment you're in. He expects you to step out in faith in what you believe. The Roman soldier who had every reason not to step out, every reason not to go forward, he did. And Jesus saw his faith and met him. It doesn't matter who you are, what our situation is. If we'll step out, Jesus will meet us. He'll, he'll see it. He'll recognize it. It's, it pleases him. It pleases him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So can I tell you, this is why that spirit would want us to play it safe, right? To be concerned about your job. Be concerned about how people are going to think about you, what they'll say, what, they'll, what you'll look like. Um, and you can be. We can be. And we'll never have faith that pleases God. We'll, we'll never have faith that pleases God if, if we live that way. So I got to move quickly. I'm moving quickly. Um, one of the other things that he put to me that comes from this spirit of poverty is laziness. Laziness. Um, because it is a spirit that only wants to, to, to take. Um, but it's a spirit that doesn't, it, it doesn't believe in serving. So by that I mean it's one that expects to be given certain things. Um, it's, it's this, um, oh man, I've just lost the word. Not an expectation. Um, thank you. Entitlement. I'm entitled to certain things just because. And um, the Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. So the, that spirit of laziness can creep on us and say, well, I'm, I'm, I expect some stuff. I, I'm entitled to some things. I'm Entitled to feel some things. I'm entitled for God to do some things in me. But the scriptures tell us that if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap the flesh. But if you sow to the spirit, you're going to reap of the spirit. Right? So God basically is saying you're going to get what you put into it. The spirit of poverty and laziness says I'm going to get what you put into it. You put in a lot so that I can get more. I'll just, I'll just receive the leftovers of what you get and what you've earned and what you work for. And so it's a lazy spirit. It's a lazy mindset that doesn't want to work for the things of God, that doesn't want to sacrifice for the things of God, that doesn't want to pour into the things of God. And so it's, it's just give me. Um, but, but part of that also is out of a fear that it won't be rewarded. It, it's, it's so the, the poverty mindset says, well, I could work hard, or even if I try to work hard, 
I'm probably not even going to get ahead anyway. So what's the point? If, if I start seeking God and doing these things, it probably won't even work out anyway. So I won't even start. Uh, that's a poverty mentality that makes you quit before you even start. That's, that's the spirit of poverty that can come in the people of God and affect the people of God. That you're, you're scared to even start um, sacrificing and sowing to the spirit because there's a, there's a voice that says, well, you're not, you're not going to get what, you've, what you're believing God for. It's going to be a waste of time. You're going to have put all this into it and nothing's going to happen. That's poverty mentality and it breeds laziness. And it breeds a quit before you even start going. Um, another thing that comes from the poverty mentality is jealousy. 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 I don't have, and guess what? I really don't want you to have either. I don't get excited when you have. Because I ain't got. I lack, and I know I lack. So I actually want other people to lack with me. Misery loves company. Um, so I'm not walking by faith, and I really get intimidated when you walk by faith because it ju- it, it, you're judging me. It's a spirit. It's a spirit that can attach itself to the people of God. It's a poverty mentality that says, well, I'm, I'm just surviving, scraping by, and uh, I, it really doesn't encourage me when I see others going forward in God going forward in God. And so there can be this jealous spirit. And so we don't rejoice with them that rejoice. And, and of course, we don't weep with them that weep. We actually rejoice with them that weep. That's the spirit of jealousy. So I get more excitement over people doing bad and things going wrong. And I talk more about that rather than the good. <laughs> And the positive. So, like I say, please, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers and saying, hey, that's what's going on in this local body. But I'm telling you, this is that spirit that, is, that we're underneath and that is a part of this region. And by underneath, I don't mean that we're submitted to it. I'm saying that it is part of the prince and the power of the air that we live in. Um, <clears throat> So jealousy, so looking at others, not rejoicing with others. Um, easier to pull people down rather than try and step up with them. It's a poverty mentality, spirit of poverty. Um, people are praying, fasting, seeking God, seeing visions, walking in the spirit, seeing great things happen. Um, that, that, can, that can breed in um, comparing yourselves among yourselves. Um, seeing testimonies from others and not believing it. Like, because, well, God ain't doing that here. I don't see, I've never seen that. That's a little crazy. That doesn't, man, I've never seen him operate that way. That can't be God. Be careful. Be careful. <clears throat> um, victim mentality. Victim mentality. 
victim mentality. Um, how's your day today? You had a good day, bad day? <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Great. Great. Um, can I tell you, show you how sometimes your victim mentality can creep into the people of God? Everything is going wrong. Nothing ever good happens to me. Anything that could go wrong does go wrong. What'd you say? Murphy's Law, yeah. Right, right. It's actually Satan's Law. Um, how do we classify our lives? How do we classify things? Do we classify it as I'm a victim? I'm victim. This has happened to me. I can't, you know, and, and, and so listen, I'm not, I'm not underestimating the things we go through. I'm not doing that at all. But if you can't rejoice and give glory to God every single day, you got a victim mentality. Because God has been good to you. God has been good to all of us. That's not to say, hey, there's some stuff that mm, I got to deal with, I got to pray about, I need some help with, I need encouragement on that. Absolutely. But don't get that victim mentality of start feeling like everything is going like this and this and this, and you start naming all the things that are happening, you know. You name them, and it's about ten things that are going wrong, you know, and yet you have four billion things that are going right. You're a victim to the ten as opposed to victorious because of Jesus and all that he's done. And so that victim mentality is a part of the spirit of poverty. It's a part of that spirit. Um, it wants to make us victims of Syracuse. Victims of our governor. Victims of our government. Victims of laws. Victims of problems and issues. And if I'm a victim, I'm going to get angry. And so be, having a victim mentality brings, breeds anger. It breeds anger. It brings, it, it just, it breeds it that because I don't have any recourse. I'm, something has happened to me that I don't want, that I don't have control. So what I've got, the only way to fight that is to be angry. But if stuff is happening to me or some things are happening in my life, that I have authority over, I don't get angry about it. You don't get angry about stuff that you have authority over, right? You, anybody ever you seen a little ant run out in, the, in front of you and you get angry? Oh, my gosh, there's an ant. This is the worst day ever. God hates me. There's an ant. Right? Being facetious. But you would you probably wouldn't even notice it. You'd step on it and keep on going. The Bible says that, behold, I've given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
nothing shall by any means hurt you. The Bible says this, all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We either believe it or we're victims. It's either true or God is really not in control. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. That means he's ordering my steps. Right? So as I'm stepping, he's actually ordering it. He's putting the next step for where I go. And you walk into situations, you walk into stuff, you either believe that it's God's doing or is the devil in control of your life. If the devil's in control of your life, be angry, be frustrated, lose your cool. But if God is in control of my life, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. I'm not a victim. He's brought me to whatever it is to have victory. Whatever it is, I'm supposed to have victory over this. I'm supposed to win. I'm supposed to be an overcomer in this situation, whatever it is. Maybe something as small as a flat tire. I'm going to have victory in this flat tire. I'm going to have victory in this lack of money. I'm going to have victory in this sickness. I'm going to have victory. He has not brought us to anything to be defeated. He has not brought us to anything to be victimized by it. He's brought me to everything to overcome it. And the Bible says in Revelation, it says, him that overcometh shall inherit all things. It doesn't say the one who's the victim is going to, the one who overcomes means you're going to come to stuff that you're going to have to get over. But he's given us the power to overcome it. And so the enemy doesn't want us to believe that. He wants to keep our minds in a place of we're just victims. And as long as everything goes right, God's on my side. No, 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 no. I rebuke that spirit. Um, okay, let's go to a few more scriptures. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. So we're just going to do this for just a few more seconds and then we'll, we'll shift gears. Um, because we gotta, we got to beat this thing. Praise God. 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, let's start at verse number 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So, grace and peace is multiplied to you through what? Through the knowledge of God. Through the knowledge of God. This is why we got to be in the word of God. You got to be in the word of God. So how do you fight the spirit of poverty? You got to know the word of God. You've got to know God. You've got to have a knowledge, a working knowledge of God. Um, Jesus overcame the devil through the word, right? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. That's how you win spiritual battles. It's through the power of the word of God, but not just reading it. You've got to uh, hide it in your heart. You've got to believe it. It's got to be mixed with faith, and then you've got to speak it and declare it. Amen. Verse three, according as his divine power has given unto us a few things that pertain unto life and godliness. What? Somebody say all things. His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto godliness. 
and life. All things that pertain unto this life that we've been called to live for God and, and, and being conformed into his image. Through, but this is how it is, through the knowledge of him. Right? So we have this knowledge again. Grace of peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through his divine power, through knowledge, through knowing him. The word of God. We've got to have the word of God. Got to have the word of God. And so um, the way we fight against the poverty mentality is we've got to hide the word of God in our hearts. And not just ours. We've got to hide the word of God in our children's hearts. Our kids need the word of God in them. Because if not, we'll raise a generation of impoverished children. Spiritually impoverished. Not because they weren't around all the glory and the power and everything, but if they don't have the word in them, that spirit is going to attach itself to them. And they're not going to know they're not going to have the grace and the peace and, and all things that pertain unto life. So verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. So we have these exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. So um, just kind of uh, bringing this to a place. So uh, two, three Sundays ago, I can't remember. Um, so God showed me, told me it's the spirit of poverty. And, um, and so I just, he's, I just started praying. I started praying against it. I started praying against it and speaking, 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 speaking and praying and praying and praying. And, uh, this went on for probably about an hour, hour and a half. Well, it was about an hour. Sorry, about an hour. And, um, and, um. So I'm, I'm sh just sharing all this because this is for all of us. Um, I was up in the apartment. I went up there and I was just looking out. I had the windows open. was looking out over the city and speaking, speaking to this spirit. And uh, speaking, speaking, speaking. And it was probably about, like I said, it was probably like 4.35, something like that. Uh, it was still dark outside. And uh, all of a sudden, something came to me that said, it's broken. It's broken. And I'm like, okay, all right. And so I'm praying and still going and everything. And so I'm speaking. So I, I said this to God. I said, God, I want a manifestation of it. I said, I want a manifestation of it. I said, and, and so what I saw in my eyes, what I saw in my mind, I'm sorry, as I was looking out into the darkness over the city, I said, God, there's a, there's this, it's a dark cloud. It's, a, it's just this dark cloud that's just above it. And so it was snowing at the time and everything like that. And uh, so I saw the snow, and it was just a dark cloud. And so I was, I was moving my hand like this. I said, God, I'm believing this thing is moving away. It's, it's moving out, and, and you're opening it up. You're opening up the sky. And what I saw, what I, let's say I saw, it wasn't a vision, but it was, I guess, my imagination or maybe what it popped in my head, was a, a break in the clouds, and, and this light, the light 
just shining down, and then this dark cloud just kind of moving out the way, and just it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful over over top, and I saw that. I'm like, God, I want to do it, do it right now. So I'm like looking for it in the darkness. I'm like, I want to see that cloud moving, and I'm looking and everything. But I kept praying and and everything. And so there was more that more more stuff I'll share with another time. Um, but anyway, I, I moved on, and so it was probably about. Um, I think it was like seven something. I was, I was about to leave because I had to go pick somebody up. And as I walked out that front door, and I walked out the front door, and I hadn't been outside, and I opened the front door, and I looked up, and I was, I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was exactly what I wanted to see when I was up there. And it was just beautiful. It was completely clear blue, and it was the sun was shining just so bright. And every cloud had moved miles away. And I looked all around, and there was, like, the closest cloud was way off in the distance over there and way off in the distance over there. And, 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 and so I share this because this is me. But I say, God, that's exactly what I said I wanted to see is confirmation. So you can believe it if you want to, or maybe that's a little too far out there for you. But... And, and this is what he, what he spoke to me. He said, I'm revealing this to you and revealing it to you all, revealing it to us, because I want you to destroy it and conquer it. He doesn't reveal things for it not to happen. And, and, and here's the thing. Don't ask God to reveal stuff to you if you're not going to act on it. God, speak to me. Speak a word to me. That's very dangerous. That's very dangerous. Because if God speaks a word to you and you don't do it, so, so I'm, I'm sharing this, and like I say, I'm, I'm not... <sighs> I'm very uncomfortable sharing this type of stuff because it's not, it's not me. Um, but, um, and, and he spoke to me because he spoke to me so definitively to share this um, because this is for all of us. And so um, after I finished praying after that, I came back and he told me, um, he said, just write down all my promises and so I just started writing down all the promises of God. And I just, I didn't write down all of them just because I couldn't get to all of them. Um, but I'm just going to quickly read some of them. And um, the promises of God in him are yes and amen. If you believe and you're baptized, you shall be saved. <clears throat> We're going to cast out devils. We're going to speak with new tongues. We're going to take up serpents. No deadly drink shall hurt us. We're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus is with us until the end of the world. We shall not perish, but we're going to have eternal life. We're not condemned. Out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. We're never going to perish. No man can pluck us out of his hand. We'll never die. We'll do the works that he did and greater works we're going to do. Whatever we ask in his name, he will do it. So the Father will be glorified. The Holy Ghost is going to teach us all things. He's going to give us peace, not as the world gives it. 
Sin is not going to have dominion over me. We're free from the law of sin and death. If I'm led by the Spirit, I'm a son of God. All things work together for good. If God be for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his own son, he's going to freely give me all things. I'm more than a conqueror. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. I'm a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Mighty weapons are through God that are not carnal, but they pull down strongholds cast down imaginations. I have the blessings of Abraham. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. He's chosen me to be holy and without blame before him in love. I'm adopted as one of his children. I'm accepted in the beloved. I have redemption through his blood. I have the forgiveness of sins. He's revealed the mystery of his will to me. I've obtained an inheritance. I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. All things are under his feet, and I'm a part of his body. I sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All things that pertain unto life and godliness, he's given me through the knowledge of God. He's given me exceeding great and precious promises. I'm a partaker of the divine nature of God. And this is what he's told me. He says, you're going to have to be declaring the promises of God and receiving him. So he said, speak against that spirit. Break the spirit of poverty mentality. He says, but you're going to have to declare and receive the promises of God. I am a child of the king. I am adopted. God is for me. Who can be against me? He says, you're going to have to speak those things. Tell my people to speak them and believe them. Don't, don't be quiet about it. Don't be shut up about it. Don't just imagine it in your mind. Speak it out. Declare God's word. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus is our example. Satan came to him. The devil came to him. Right? So just because we're being attacked by a demon or there's some demon, some prince or power that's over us does not mean we're messed up. Jesus had a demon that, afflict, that talked to him. But he fought him with the word. He didn't just, he knew the word. It was in his heart. But that wasn't good enough. He actually had to speak it. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written that, that thou shalt worship God and him only shalt thou serve. He knew that. That was in his heart. He could have said, I know the scriptures are in my mind, but he had, to, he had to speak it and declare it. And that released the power and the authority over the spirit that was attacking him. Church, we've been called to destroy this thing and fight against it. We're going to have to speak it. We're going to have to speak the word of God over ourselves first. Speak it over yourself first, over your family, over this church, and then over this area, over this whole region. I don't know how far it goes. I really don't know how far it goes. I started digging into some things and it had me looking at things, obviously, in Syracuse and Onondaga County, but it stretches even into Rochester and into Buffalo. Some of the stuff that I read and saw um, just about what this poverty. Um, so I don't know. I don't know all that. That's, that's not my business necessarily right now. Um, but... So some of this, like I say, this might sound kind of, kind of weird. 
but this is this is this is spirit stuff right here, and uh, it doesn't make sense to my carnal mind, but in the spirit, right, speaking to a window, talking out over a city where nobody can hear you, but God was doing something. Something was happening in the spirit. Something was happening in the spirit, and so. Um, Praise God. Wow, I haven't even gone through half of this. But, and so I shared a little bit with you on Sunday. I shared a little bit with you on Sunday, and I, I couldn't share the full thing, and I still can't share the full thing. But, because I told the Lord, God, if this thing is, I said, if that, if that actually did something, you know, my little praying did something, I want to see a manifestation. I want to, I'm believing God. I'm believing there's going to be something. And so obviously I saw that there was a sunlight and everything like that. But I, I share with you all that <clears throat> I got a, a phone call uh, about a couple I had met months ago. Actually, I met them in December. And, um, and they were just talking about just this experience she had where God just showed up in her life and broke things that she had been living with for 25, 30 years that she didn't even know she had, and yet God just sovereignly came. And as I was sitting at the table listening to this, listening to this, God was speaking to me. Because I'm like, she's saying things that I'm like, one, I had never heard happen before, where she's talking about things that happened to her, and they're saying these things, and I'm like, God, I've never, I can't say, oh, yeah, I've heard that happen before. I couldn't. And so I'm sitting there praying. I'm like, all right, Lord, is this you or is this demonic? Is this right or wrong? Should I rebuke this? Should I, you know? And God, as I was sitting there at the table, he was like, this is of me. This is me. And he said, this is a result of what you broke. He said, she's an example of it. You broke something. And um, like I said, it was also the confirmation of what he said. There's people that want me. There's people that want me. There's people all throughout this region that want God. They just don't know it. And they're bound by something they have no idea about. They're bound by a spirit of poverty that we're going to have to break off of them. We're, we are called to expel it. That's literally what the Bible says. Cast out demons. Cast them out. We've been called to expel it, to break this thing. And it's not just one thing. Like I said, there's so many other, there's so much other stuff that's attached to it. And I believe God will give each of you insight and direction as you begin praying, or maybe you already have, um, of things that might arise that are going to come up. Um, but so I, in, in no way am I trying to say, hey, I got it all figured out. Listen to me. I got the blue. No, I'm just we're starting somewhere, but God, God's got to navigate all this through the spirit. Amen. Is any of this making any sense? I'm hoping so. Um, okay. I was hoping I wasn't going to take the whole time, but I'm, I got to go with a few more scriptures. I'm not going to keep you. I don't, I don't want to keep you late today. That's why I started earlier in this. Um, 
Genesis chapter 45, verse 11. We're going to move through them very quickly. I have them written down here. So um, <clears throat> Genesis 45, 11. It just says this, and there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. If we do not align ourselves with the will of God, we fall prey to poverty, to the spirit of poverty. So we have to obey him. Because he says, I'm going to nourish you there. I'm going to nourish you there. There's this famine all around you. But if you go to where I want you to be, you'll be okay. But if you don't, poverty is going to fall on you. So poverty can result from a place of disobedience. So if we're going to fully break the spirit, we're going to, yes, we got to speak the promises of God, speak to the spirit, but we're going to have to also be where he wants us to be. We're going to have to align with his will and his voice. I know I'm giving a whole lot tonight. I know. Um, we talked about laziness already. Ver Proverbs 6. Actually, let's go to Proverbs. Yeah. <laughs> Proverbs 6, Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. I'm going to move very quickly. Proverbs chapter 6, 6 through 11. There's one just like it, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30. Um, like I said, I can give you these scriptures after if I'm moving too fast. But Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider ways, be wise, which having no guide, oversee or ruler. Provides her meat in the summer, gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little sleep, little slumber, little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. Poverty will come from laziness. And so if we are not diligent in doing the work of God, that spirit will not be broken. So... I'm talk, we're talking about speaking, fighting against it, but getting ultimate victory over it. Ultimate victory over it. So laziness, we cannot be lazy. We're going to have to be diligent about the things of God and the work of God. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. All right, so this is going to hurt all of us. This is going to hurt me. When he did this, when he showed this to me, he woke me up at 1.30 in the morning. I like sleep. Anybody else? Can I get an amen? <laughs> I like sleep. How many in here you feel like there's just not enough hours in the day to do all that you have to do? You, you go to sleep and you're like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I still get, there's still more to do. Um, there's a cost to this thing. And, uh, and so this is the reason, only reason I'm sharing this with you is because he's put this to me as something that's going to be necessary is... We're going to have to, 
maybe wake up in the middle of the night. We may have to wake up early. We may have to lose some sleep to pray. To pray. We're going to have to spend some hours in prayer. Hours in prayer. I I knew that was going to hurt. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Um, Hours in prayer. Um, The early church did it. Jesus, he did it. He would spend all night in prayer. I don't believe he did it every night. But he could have. (laughs) We know he at least did it. Um, He prayed three hours at at the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, the disciples were sleeping. Right? They were sleeping. They fell asleep. And he understood it. He was like, you know, the flesh, the spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, those of us that pray through the night or pray for hours and hours or people that are doing that, it's not because their flesh is stronger. It's not because they're more super, super duper people. The flesh is just as weak as anybody else's. The Bible says that Elijah was was a man with like passions just like us. But somebody's going to have to be willing to pay the price. While our region is sleeping and under the power of this darkness, somebody's going to have to say, we're the watchmen on the wall. Somebody's going to have to take the responsibility and say, wait a second. I have a power, I have, I have a hold of a power in me that can actually do something about this, that can actually affect change. And I know it's the easy way is just to be part of the pack and, you know, just let things happen as they're going to happen. But God is trying to wake us up to something bigger than maybe, and I'm saying, like I said, I'm not saying necessarily everybody, but something bigger than maybe what you ever thought you were called to. And so you say, well, that's just for the pastor. That's just for the prayer warriors. That's just, that's just for those that are the evangelists. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. You got the Holy Ghost. You're a royal priesthood. God has anointed you. He's poured his oil on your head to be the go-between between him and this world. To, to, to make up the gap. To hedge it in. He, he's anointed you to cast out the devils. And the disciple says, well, why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus says, it's because of your lack of faith. And this is because of your unbelief. And this kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. So if there's stuff that is kind of hindering us or in the way or that we're not able to do, it's not because there's a lack of power on God's part. I've got to pray more. I've got to fast more. I have not, I have not covered the limits of prayer yet. I, 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 haven't, I, I, haven't, I haven't gone to the boundaries of prayer yet. And so if you think you have... 
I think we're mistaken. We, 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 we haven't pushed those boundaries yet. If we think, well, I've done all that and I've tried it, nah, we haven't. And that's God saying, I want to expand your, expand your mind. But the, the spirit of poverty says, you've done enough. Don't, don't go further. Just, just do what you can. You're, it's good enough. But, but there's a spirit that's trying to say, push a little bit further push further. So like I said, I'm not trying to put limits and say, oh, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. And we start comparing ourselves and putting up numbers. No, I'm just, uh, hopefully you understand what I'm saying. Amen. So um, you're going to, we're going to have to push further. So I'm speaking to myself. I'm going to have to lose some sleep. I'm going to have to lose some sleep. Anybody ever had had a child and you'd lost some sleep? Yeah, it's just part of it. Just just the price of birthing a baby. We're trying to birth some babies. Somebody's gonna have to travail, right? If 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 we don't do it, who are you expecting to do it? Are we waiting on the mayor to travail? In birth and get rid of the demons? Are they the people who are impeaching? Is that going to take care of this? Who's going to bring revival about? What's look at each other? Look at look at your neighbor. It's you. Go on, do it, do it, do it. It's you. That way, y'all don't blame me. Now your neighbor said it to you. <laughs> so, um. I'm I'm running out of time. I don't want to I don't want to rush this. Um but <clears throat> so I just um the Bible says to whom much is given much is required. I for one, I've been given a lot. I've been given a lot. I'm willing to admit it. I'm 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 willing to admit I've been given a whole lot. A whole lot, and um, much is required, and um, and so, <clears throat> like I say, this is this is the most exciting time to be part of the church. This is the most exciting time to be part of the church, and um, there are people right now that are staying up late, staying up all night, waking up early to do the devil's work. To do all sorts of wickedness, to get things introduced into our children's lives, into our families, into our world, into our system while we just sleep. They're trying to do it under the cover of night. They're trying to do things, and there's spirits behind it. And if we as a church are just content to just let it be, it will be. Somebody says, well, it's, if it's God's will, he'll do it. Not so. Not so. God will never go against his own word. And so he's given authority to his church. He told his church to cast out devils. Right? <laughs> Obviously, God could <laughs> he could just get rid of all of them. 
He told his church to preach the gospel. And so he has given us a responsibility. It's a high calling. It's, it's a high, 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 high calling. There is no higher calling on this earth than to be part of the church of the living God. It's more important than the president of the United States. As I say, it's funny. I'm sorry, I'm all done. But um, there was something that popped up about the impeachment. Actually, no, I went on a a website, and there was impeachment, stuff about impeachment, 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 impeachment. I'm not sure if you guys know this, but our president has been impeached. So there's like a trial going on or something like that. But it's just peach and peach and peach and peach and peach. And, uh, and, it was, and, and I was just about to click on it. And I felt something in my spirit was like, that's not important. That's not important. Go pray. <laughs> what happens in that trial is not as important as what we decide to do when we leave here. It won't have as much effect as what we determine to do. If we do nothing, that speaks a lot louder than whatever decision is made down in Washington. But if we get a hold of what God is saying and uh, give ourselves, it really doesn't matter what goes on, what they think, what their ideas are. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't really matter because God has given us overcoming power. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stand? Um, there's more, but I just, like I say, I don't want to rush it. I don't, I want to, um, want to be, have integrity with God, <clears throat> what he said. Um, so I know this was a little different tonight and, um, you know, just, teaching and and so here's the thing if you have questions please come see me if you have questions about anything that was said or I don't know I said a lot so if I misspoke or something like that please come see me if you need clarity in any way Um, but there are some exciting things that are happening in the Lord that God is doing Um, but uh, we're going to break the spirit of poverty we're going to break the spirit of poverty so um, how many of you believe how many of you believe that, um, that we have enough power in here right now? We have enough power in here right now to break it. We have enough power in here right now to break it. To break it. To break it. And, 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 I, and, I, and I share this with you as I was praying on that Sunday morning, I, I started with myself. I started, I started just renouncing some things and tearing down ideologies and I rebuke laziness and I rebuke complacency and I rebuke a victim mentality and I just renouncing it off of myself, off of myself. And then I started, you know, just speaking against the spirit and, and commanding it to go. And, um, and so, um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bind it. We're gonna bind the spirit of poverty right now, and uh, we're gonna loose. We're gonna loose the spirit of faith. 
And we're going to pray for grace and peace to be multiplied in this region. The grace of God that brings salvation to men is going to appear unto all men. And it's going to begin teaching them. It's going to begin releasing them. It's going to begin opening their eyes. It's going to begin drawing them. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. So let's just do this in the spirit right now. Hallelujah. 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 H